Okay, hi all. The uh, podcast is on purpose. I'm Dr. John Duffy, and with me is illustrious Chicago Tribune. I almost <laughs> said sometimes. I almost said sometimes. Columnist <laughs> Heidi. Have Stevens. you been recording a podcast behind my back with someone from the Sun Times? I, I, I will uh, show my hand now. Um, I was direct tweeting a Sun Times sports columnist, la- columnist last night who had taken some jabs at Joe Madden, our Chicago Cubs manager, okay. about using David Bodie, who is an, an infielder, and putting Chris Bryant in the outfield. And Bodie hit two home runs last night, so I direct tweeted Rick Morrissey. Oh, okay. okay. I guess Bodie's not such a a worthless player after all. So oh. I've got Sun-Times on the mind. I apologize. It's off now. Okay. But but you were criticizing the Sun-Times. Absolutely. Okay, like lambasting the, okay. the god-awful <laughs> right, we're, we're rag that is the Sun-Times. <laughs> no, I actually love the Sun-Times. And they endorsed Lori Lightfoot, who was my pick from the beginning. So I was happy to see that. No, they're it's fantastic. And every city should be a two-newspaper city, in I my agree. opinion. So yeah. yeah. Um, if anyone's listening, I love the Sun Times, but that? I don't work there. <laughs> I do. Somebody did accuse you of working there or something recently, oh, right? Oh, yeah. There was a Facebook comment that was hilarious. It was like, um, I don't remember what the column was, but it was like, I loved your column this morning in the Sun Times. And I was like, oh, thank you so much, but I write for the Tribune. <laughs> the details. It's just the little details that matter. It's the Sunday paper. It's in Chicago. What do you want? It's one of those papers. It's fine. I'm happy when anybody reads a new newspaper oh i'm with you it doesn't happen that often it anymore. really doesn't no no it really doesn't so um last week we talked about our mornings yeah and how we are gonna um use the words of mayor pete to inspire better more peaceful mornings at home yes so ask me how my mornings are going well heidi you said you were going to start this grand experimentation and improve the mornings in your house how's that going you know what i'm glad you asked it's um it's going really well. Is it? So, so actually, by my definition, it's going well. I'm curious to hear your take. So what I've done is um, surrendered any hope of um, my children doing anything for themselves or clearing a dish or uh-huh. remembering a sock or right. like the smallest um, responsibility I've really lifted from their shoulders altogether. And um, I think they're happy. I can imagine. And like <laughs> our interactions are just so lovely. Like my daughter leaves her dishes wherever she's eaten. And um, this morning she spilled iced coffee all over the counter and she didn't clean it up. And there were some ice cubes trailing toward the door. And I just sort of followed behind and cleaned up behind her and carried on like a light banter. And you're beaming. You seem very I, happy about this. <laughs> I'm telling you, when she left, she was walking out the door this morning and she was like, "Ooh, mom, do you want to do the hot chocolate 5K with me in November? And I was like, Oh, oh I re- God. I really do. I really, I have dreamed of this moment <laughs> probably since I gave birth to you. So, um, like, we weren't having those kind of exchanges in the mornings before. Yeah. It was just like, okay, let's go. Really? The spill, the coffee, you're going to leave it like that? Can you pick up the ice cube at least? So my. Yeah, I don't slip on me? it. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? And oh, okay. Um, socks. No, 
but sex, like everyday sex. Yeah. Like these were the kinds of conversations we were having. Which is, I think most households in America have that conversation. I guess right? they do. Let's they don't... go get the math book. Let's get, come on, you get your stuff isn't together. We got to go. We're late. Let's move it. Right. Aren't you going to eat anything? Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of, are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have let all of that go and um, just decided that they are not going to be, um, you know, at their peak performance in the morning in terms of like, you know, um, being good citizens and right. members of a family that should operate like a team. Um, and <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. And then my daughter's going to invite me to do the hot chocolate 5K with her in November, which is like looking ahead and asking me to do it with her. Oof. And like I've dreamed of us doing little runs together. Clearly, yes. She's like been an athlete forever, but she's never been into running until this year she joined track at school. And now I'm like, oh, here so, we go. So here's my question to you, because <laughs> you're, you know, a licensed practicing expert. Yes. Is this going to bite me in the butt when they have like um, decided they need to do no cleanup or remembering of anything? Right. Well, with with clinical authority, I'll say I have no idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, these this are is why I love you because you don't even pretend. Like I don't no, know. No, I, I really know. don't know. Yeah. I mean, we make all these little trade offs as parents, yeah. right? So you're mm -hmm. making you 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 see the options, right? Now you've weighed both of them. Right. You're making a judgment call, and I think that's what parenting is about. Is like, ooh, I'll take this. This feels like the right vibe. Um, and, and so I'm writing a parenting book right now. It is dense. There is ton. It really touches on all these various issues, but a lot of it is talking about like the vibe you set. Because if you set the right vibe, a lot of good things will happen, and your kid's going to come to you, and when they need help or when they want to run a 5K, yeah. and that always feels like a better story to me than kind of any hardcore disciplinary things, yep. especially in the morning. Okay. I love the idea of setting a nice, easy tone in the morning because kids, it's hard to be a kid right now. It is hard to yeah. be June's age right now, yep. you know? And so the gentle place to fall beginning at the beginning of the day, oh, I love that, you know? And there's probably a place for something a little more hardcore, cleaning your room, getting your homework done. There's all sorts of little areas where battles to pick. Yeah. I think you're wise in not picking that one. Okay. Not right. in the morning anyway. Not in the, not in the, well, and you always, I also think about like sleep. Yeah. And most research would suggest our kids don't get nearly enough sleep, right? They're getting, they, they should be getting 10 hours of sleep, right. nine or 10 hours. I don't know that kid. Yeah, you know? no, mine don't. And so they're probably a little disgruntled, disheveled, yep. unhappy, yep. grumpy. And, you know, I kind of give them a pass in the morning. I, I tend to do that kind of across the board because yeah. I think mornings ruin families' lives a lot of the time and set a really bad tone for the day. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, I mean, Believe it or not, maybe you will believe it because we've been doing this enough for you to see that my mind wanders in many directions at once. <laughs> but believe it or not, this actually, this conversation is making me think about the new Gillette commercial, which I just wrote about. They had that commercial in January, right, where they sort of took on toxic masculinity yes. and people lost their minds. Decided yeah, people were not, were not happy about not this. Not happy about it. Yeah. I mean, some people were and yeah. then other people weren't, right? So that's this culture we live in. Right. Um, but all sorts of threats to boycott Gillette and how dare you tell me not to 
teach my son to bully and how dare you embrace <laughs> hashtag me too and right. I'll harass somebody if I want to harass somebody and fuck off with your razors. Anyway. Yeah, just sell your damn razors and get off the TV. Right, yeah. right, right. So that was the reaction. They released a new commercial last week where a dad is teaching his transgen- transgender son how to shave. You yes, saw it, right? I did. <laughs> it's lovely. It is amazing. If you're coming from a certain point of view, right. it is a beautiful, beautiful moment. Yep. Yeah. The dad looks like genuinely delighted to be having this moment with his son. The son is feeling embraced and loved and supported. And it's also just like a cute moment of watching a family have its first shave together. This rite of passage, right? It's right. A, and every, it kind of shows like every kid need this right, needs this rite of passage with a parent, right? You know, like every rite of passage, you know, even if your kid is chan- transgender, they're still a human being, right? They're still going to need to shave. I love that, like, this is an ordinary moment, you know, and it's going to become an ordinary moment in his life, but we're making it extraordinary by pointing out that he's transgender. Right. Yeah. Right. So here's what I feel like I'm learning from Gillette. And we can couch this with, like, of course, it's a commercial. Of course, they're selling us things. And, of course, they're pushing an agenda. And their agenda is their bottom line. Yeah. And yes. There was a meeting. There was, there it, was, it was a meeting. They didn't just capture a moment. There, were there focus was a meeting. Groups. <laughs> they're ta- they've decided there's a market they haven't tapped into. And exactly. this is their way of tapping into it. Fine. Fine. I will acknowledge all of that. And at the same time, I feel like what they are doing right now and what I can learn from what they're doing right now is try a new thing, mm-hmm. right? Like the there, it's a 118 year old company. They're bumping along fine. Yep. They're doing things in a traditional way. They're selling razors to men, right? Exactly. They sell razors it's and shaving cream right? to men. It is not complicated. 20 years ago, they added a couple of blades for some reason, right? right? Now they're <laughs> <laughs> now they're making some social uh, justice issues out of this, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah, they're going beyond an extra blade <laughs> and actually trying to um, introduce some inclusivity yes, to yes. our days. So um, they tried anyway. Yeah. And... It was not universally embraced. No, it was, I think, more lambasted than embraced. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of rocky. Yeah. And what did they do? They doubled down on it. Yeah. They were like, yeah, that we got a lot of blowback. Actually, you know what? We still believe in it. We're going to go ahead and double down. Yep. And so I think this idea that, like, you could just bump along and keep doing things the way everyone has always done them and the way you had modeled done for you and the way that actually in many ways works fine yeah but if some little voice is in your head somewhere or something's tugging on your heart a little bit like i kind of want to try a little bit something different here yeah yeah you can like you can try something a little different and you can get a little blowback for trying that something different and you can keep doing it anyway or you cannot or you can go like didn't work. You know what? My mornings were um, a shit show, and then I changed them, and then they became a shit show in a different kind of way, and so then I had to calibrate again. So, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is Ooh, that— Ooh, good tie-in. I file—I'm I'm tracking it now, Heidi. See I'm it? with you now. Yeah. See? See? My mornings and Gillette do have—yeah, there is a common thread here. Man. I okay, know. Okay, let's go with I it. I know. I know. Just go with it. Uh, <laughs> don't question the crazy— <laughs> Um. What am I saying? So I just I think that, you know, it's tempting often, especially with parenting. 
I would say, to go like, well, I mean, God, my parents didn't do it like that. My sister-in-law's not doing it like that. The pediatrician didn't say to do it like that. Like from the beginning of time, parents have yelled at kids to pick up their dishes and put them in the damn sink. Like, this is how kids learn to be this adults. This is how kids learn. Otherwise, she's going to be a horrible roommate yep. and a terrible partner in life. And like, just, you know, I will, this is the hill I will die on. Yep. Bring your dishes to the sink. I'm not your friend. I'm your parent. Right. I'm going to tell you how things are supposed to go. <laughs> this is how parenting works. Yes. This is how parenting has always worked. I am saying I think all of us can take those assumptions and throw them out the window if we feel like it. Yep. And say, like, we can all just have our little Gillette moments and go like, okay, yeah, for 118 years we sold razors to men whose birth certificates say men who grew hair at puberty and didn't transition into a gender that started growing hair at a certain age. Like we, this is how we do it. This is how we've done it. This is what our, you know, customers want us to do and stick with that. For sure. Right. And, and actually they would probably have been fine doing that. It's worked for 118 years, right? It's worked this is for like, 118 you know, this years. This is a man's man's thing, right? This is what we're doing in the locker room. We're shaving. We're This is what we do at home. We shave. This is just – and they could have had, you know, um, Tom Brady do the ad with his right. kid. You know right. what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> totally. He doesn't strike me as a, having a lot of facial hair, Tom Brady. No, that's probably – maybe yeah. he's just a really good shaver. But I think you're right. Most of these guys do tend to grow some kind of – Beard, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure about that guy, but anyway, he's the wrong uh, guy. I'm not sure yeah. about. I'm not endorsing Tom Brady. JJ Watt. Let's go with JJ Watt. Let's go with JJ. Okay. So anyway, um, we should email um, Rick Morrissey and see if he has any <laughs> suggestions <laughs> for yeah. which athlete. Yeah, should. we'll see. Rick Morrissey can kiss my ass right now. <laughs> Just kidding. I love the sometimes. Anyway. Me too. I love um, you, Rick. You're really very insightful sometimes. <laughs> see, okay, the problem with my tangential, like, many artery thinking is that I, I, I lose it quickly. Okay, so here we are. We can stick with the way it's always been done. Yes. Right? We certainly can. Or we can listen to that little voice, that little tug that says, like, you know, yeah, it's always been done that way. But I don't know. Let's try a little bit of a different way and see if that feels more like us, if that feels more like what we want our kids to become, our kids to see, our kids to model in their friendships, in their classrooms, in their whatever. Yeah, for sure. And I and I like your doubling down um, and saying, you know, because you're kind of doubling down on your parenting effort, too, and saying, you know what, this is an experiment I tried. I think I'm going to go for the next thing instead of going back to the last thing. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're suggesting? Yep. So I'm going to double down on that a little bit. Okay. I'm going to see, like, see how tangential we can get here in a half an hour. Okay. Um, because I think I would agree with you so far. I would take it one hair further in that I think that without the movement that you're making in your house, without the movement Gillette's making, I think there might be a degree of unseen peril for our kids. Mm. So I work with some um, kids who are coming out, some kids who are coming out as as queer, as trans, as just gay. Um, and it is uh, the most difficult place for them to come out is with their parents, with their families, mm -hmm. not with their peers. Their peers are very accepting. And I think the more, so we talk a lot about eliminating the stigma to the point where I'm almost that phrase is losing its meaning to me yeah. about like the stigma around, are we talking about mental health? Are we talking about uh, trans rights? You know, there's all sorts of stigmas we're trying to um, eliminate. Um, but I think the way to do this stuff is what Gillette's doing. 
is, is in practice doing something different that says, you know what, this is nothing to be afraid of. Look at, look at how organic and simple this can be. Yep. So you could throw a shit fit for years. But yeah. you're gonna lose out. I always tell parents like, yeah. this ride, this train's going. You know, yeah. so you can deny it. You yep. can say no, this isn't happening, or please don't happen, or is there a treatment to, you know, is there a Mike Pence treatment, you yeah. know, where we can undo all of this? And the truth is, no. Yeah. We, we can undo it for a week. But right. Th- your child is who she is, <laughs> right. and you have to accept that at some point. And she is who you've known. Yeah. And if you just watch the ad and you accept, like, oh. Okay, that doesn't might not mean anything that dramatically different, or it might be really great to yep. just get on this train that I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah, and maybe it's awesome. It probably is. Yeah, and it's certainly better than not getting on it because then you miss out. Then you're the one eating Thanksgiving dinner alone twenty years from now. Yeah. I always picture that. You know. Yeah. Um, so now I'm bringing an awful lot of gravity to the shaving ad. No, it's such a good point, though. Yeah. 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 And so when you are talking to kids, are you finding that their peers are like, yeah, okay. Oh, their cool. peers are. I mean, uh, almost uh, a shrug, right? It, it, uh, it, five years ago, it was, um, th- there was a boy I worked with. He came out in English class. He just had to give a speech and he came out and he kind of was going on the assumption you guys kind of know, right? You yeah. Know, um, but the whole class um, gave him a standing ovation, and he was kind of like, "No, no, 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 it's not that kind of thing." I'm just telling you guys, you yeah. know, like it's not. I didn't do anything heroic. I just said said the words. It's yeah. not that big a deal, you know. Like let, let's make it ordinary, you know. Yeah. Um, now, that would just be a moment yeah. where where it appears to be like, "Oh, cool. Yep. Good, good, man. All right. You know. Well, like." Who are we looking for for you then? I mean, right. there's a lot of that, like, yep. kind of like, you know, okay, so, you know, we got to find your person then. Like, yeah. let's see if we can figure this out. I didn't know. You yeah. know, like I was looking in the wrong place. Right. You know? Right. So there's, there's ridiculous support among teenagers in particular. It's yeah. simple. It's absolute, you know? Yep. Yeah. That's what I have definitely found in observing my own kids and their friends. And I didn't know if that was sort of, you know, my urban liberal bubble or if that's 2019 in a whole bunch of places. I think it's 2019 in a whole bunch of places. I don't know what it's like where it's super rural. Mm-hmm. I would imagine that there's a trickle effect. I can mm-hmm. imagine this is slow, but it feels like a significant trend. I've been doing yeah. this for 22, 23 years. Back then, it was scary to tell anybody anything if, right. you're, if you're outside the norm. Now, um, certainly peers. And that's that's where I think we can learn our most our, our biggest lessons is the way kids treat each other in this regard. Because yeah. when I was a kid, this was, even if somebody wasn't out, this was the subject of massive bullying anyway. If right. There's even a suspicion, right? Of course. Yeah. And it's now, terrible. And now, um, that that is moving quickly away from that you know yeah. it's kind of like kids really recognize like oh no we don't want to ruin this person's life they're awesome and yeah. you know that this is a friend of mine yeah you know like, and that doesn't change anything that he or she is lgbt or q doesn't yeah. matter you know yep just my friend yep yeah so i love that yeah and the parents are slower to yeah and, and, think and of it that way or? Def- definitely slower in, in a nod to parents, so I tend to – Julie says I come down pretty hard on parents in this regard, and I think she's right about that because in a nod to parents, we, when your kids are growing up, and um, maybe you and I can both speak to this. Our kids are in different phases of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but when George was June's age, yeah. um, 
Julie and I had a talk because a friend of his was came out, um, and he was probably uh, twelve or thirteen or mm-hmm. something, and um, and it was absolutely normal to George. And we were thinking like, if George came out, I think we'd be like, okay, yeah, let's let's get all in on that. You know, right. <laughs> we're going to parade. This is going to be great. This yeah, is gonna be, we're, uh, we're and I think we would have, but. In fairness, I think for a lot of parents, you get this vision yeah. of this is what my kid's life is going to be like, and it's going to be super smooth, and it's not they're not going to be burdened by this this social difficulty, prejudice. this prejudice, yeah. right? You know, like, oh, God, is this going to be hard? Will they have kids? You know, like, yeah. how much prejudice are they going to run into? Will yep. it burst their self-esteem bubble somehow? Yeah. And so that's scary. You know, I think, I think part of it is um, on behalf of their kids, they'd prefer they not carry the burden. Um the burden lifting now pretty quickly. Now I turn to parents a little bit and and suggest like, okay, so that social burden is nowhere near as heavy as it once was. It might be significantly lighter. Yeah. You become the biggest burden now. Yep. You become the biggest obstacle to this being easy and graceful. And and these kids are at some degree of risk, you know, um, in that LGBTQ category, which is I don't love that they're all lumped together in, in right. an acronym because it's like it's so varied when you work yeah. with these kids. It's Very like, oh. Lived experience. Yes, right? Yeah. Um, but still, the the rates of suicidality are high. The rates of depression are high. Mm-hmm. Um, the rates of completed suicide are high. So it's not risk-free. Yeah. It's really, really risky for these kids. And so what we can do is create that soft place to fall for them, mm-hmm. right? You know, total acceptance. And kind of like you run your mornings with, with June and Will is like – you know, hey, I got you. You know, like yeah. um, we're gonna make this smooth and easy. We're a team on this thing. You know, whatever yeah. you need, you gotta let me know. As opposed to, well, I don't like that very much. Yeah. You know, which I've heard literally out of a parent's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. That I don't like that, that. Does not. It was something like that does not please me. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of like that. You know, I'm disappointed in you for being you. Yeah. I mean, that's a very difficult thing to wrap your brain around. Right. Yeah. This is not who I hoped you were going to turn out to be. Yeah. 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 God, what an awful thing to hear. Right? Seriously. Yeah. Because you can't undo that. No. You can pretend, which I've seen kids do. Like, you know, you know what? I think I can I can overcome this and I'll just I'll just be normal. And I yeah. put air quotes around that. You know, I'll just be. Pretend regular. to be I'll straight. Go, I'll get, or... Yeah. Pretend to be straight. Yeah. And kids do this for years. You know, like, I'm just going to go to the prom like a straight kid. Yeah. You know? But it's like burdensome, and you know, it, it's roiling, it's upsetting. Of course, yeah, yeah. Because you're you're living a life that feels like a lie to satisfy somebody else, even though you know who you are. Right. You know who you're drawn to. You know what you're inclined toward. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, once again, this is a place where people who are my age and your age and every age in between can learn from our kids. Yeah, I mean, if there's one place we can learn more than anywhere else, it is watching our kids treat each other, you know, like yeah. and how, how they do it. It has changed enormously. And, and I don't think we see it as often as we might have if there weren't like social media and stuff, because yeah. a lot of that support comes on Snapchat, Yep. which we don't even know how it works, you know? Yeah, like, I really don't. Yeah. <laughs> just disappears. Everything just it, disappears. Yeah. It's like the parent nightmare. Although June told me the other day, mom, nothing ever really disappears. And I was like, oh, I love that you get that. I love that she gets that I too. I didn't even say that to her. Oh she just my knew God. it. So, I mean, other people are saying it, I guess, but. 
Oh, I yeah. love that June knows that. I, if June's generation knows that, yeah. that gives me a, an enormous sigh of relief because I think a, I, kids didn't used to get like, oh, I can take this picture and just put it out there and just send it to my little group on right. uh, Instagram or something and, you know, not my Finsta and, right. you know, it'll be fine. Yeah. But, no, it doesn't work that no. way. No, I, I think they know more than we give them credit for. And I think they know more than we do. And I say that with the um, understanding that, you know, there are the Anthony Wieners of the world and the Jeff Bezoses <laughs> of the world who keep sending pictures of their stuff to people they're not married to. And it's like, again, really? Right. We're, we're still doing this? And it is shocking, right? <laughs> Just the ability to sabotage oneself, you know, ritually, serially, over and over again oh, is amazing. Over and over. And, and, and in 2019, like, I want to say to Jeff Bezos, I don't actually want to talk to him because he kind of grosses me out. But <laughs> if I got stuck in a room with him, I would just be like, really? 2019? I mean, I could see if this was like, you know, they uncovered the story that, you know, and cell phones had just been invented and you could <laughs> just start taking photos with them. And who knew that if you said I didn't know anybody photo- could get in here. Yeah. I thought this was just like like a hard copy. So I don't know. I just find it when when I hear grownups sort of clutch their pearls about like, you know, teaching teens about, you know, the dangers of sexting. It's like, I'm pretty sure the teens know what they're doing and what not to do and i think it's the adults who are a little behind and i and i will admit to you i'm trying to make sure i'm not implicating anyone directly that i have dealt with more sexting problems amongst adults uh-huh. more my gender than yours by about uh-huh. 50 fold <laughs> wait stop knock me over with a feather i didn't mean yeah. i'm glad you're seated <laughs> I find that hard to believe. No, I find that yes. very easy to believe. Clearly. Yeah. Um, yes. K- kids kind of get it. They, yeah. they So if they're doing this, they're they're smart about it or they know the back door to all of this stuff. And some of them aren't doing it. I right. mean, they recognize like, okay, this isn't cool anymore. Right. right. You know, like this, this is hurting people or this could get somebody in a lot of trouble and they're starting to get it. But a lot of adult men, I mean, professional, mm-hmm. just like the Bezos and yeah. the uh, the wieners of the world, guys who have something going on, guys who have something to hold on to, right? Yeah. And they just sabotage their lives. And if I were doing group therapy with these guys, there would be a lot of talk about like self-loathing. Like, you know, clearly you're yeah. ruining your lives on purpose. You know, like you're not Is that just... what it is? I think so, yeah. Okay, explain to me the wisdom of group therapy. Oh, group therapy is awesome. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It I, seems like hell on earth. It is awful. But okay. It's, but it's also incredibly effective because you get people who are in some remote way similar to you, right? They suffer something similar. And so me as a therapist, I, I, I don't do enough group therapy. I would love to do more of it. Me as a therapist, I can dictate something or I can say, here's what I think is going on. But to hear it from somebody else who, or hear it from four different people who are all saying, Heidi, that's bullshit. What, what you're, you know, the way you're running your mornings, we don't buy it. Yeah. You know, that there, there, there's power in the collective in a way. And then I have to either be able to elegantly, convincingly state my case or start questioning yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. 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 So it is, it's, it's very difficult. I think it's really hard because you're exposed to a bunch of different people and there's these dynamics and some people take over. It, it's, it's, um, it's tricky terrain to navigate as a therapist or as a participant, but it is incredibly effective. Wow. I love it. Okay, so you think people get something out of group therapy yeah. that they wouldn't get out of Individual, one-on-one? For sure. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, if I could do group therapy 
three nights a week with just teenagers, that would be, I would love that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Teenagers are great at calling each other out. Excellent at it. Yeah. Yeah. And then how great are they at being called out? I mean, do they do they take that and reflect, or do they take it and get their defenses up? They, and... uh, it depends on the on the kid. Yeah. And, and so so it changes, you know, session to session. And so the caller out one session might be the one who's being called out the second. You know, so it, it tends to be fairly egalitarian in, in the end. You know, and everybody has something they're contributing and something they're learning. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the, partly the therapist's job is to make sure that's all happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's e- being evenly distributed. Exactly. Right. The reflection and right. the calling out. This can't just be a beatdown of one kid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, that sounds terrible. It sounds like middle school, actually. Right. Um, <laughs> I could see that being a really useful set of skills to carry through life, though. Having been in a room sort of week after week or even a couple of times yes. where that's happening, I could imagine making you a better colleague, a better roommate, a better spouse. Better business that, person, somebody that, better in a meeting, somebody yeah. better in, in group settings, somebody better in families, right? Yep. Who can navigate different uh, personalities and things. Yep. Yeah. Who can hear something that could be perceived as criticism, but you could actually turn it into... You know, some constructive constructive yeah. feedback, right? Yeah, that you something can actually work do on. something with. Yeah. 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 And, and to take away, we're, we're all so defensive. And it's easier to be defensive one-on-one than it is four-on-one. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it really is. Yeah. 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 If all four of those people saw this in me, maybe it's actually there. Yeah. Humility than... kind of kicks in right. pretty quickly. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. You've sold me. I'm in. I'm all, right. all for it. All right. Um, we do Thursdays at 7.30. Okay. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> It'll be you, Morrissey, and a couple other people. <laughs> Somebody else for the Sundance. <laughs> we can talk about endorsements. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot for a minute. Okay. Um, I happen to know that your adult son is moving out this weekend. What? For right? sure? For good? Well, <laughs> I think so. I yes. think he is. Yes. How are you feeling about that? Um I was thinking about this this morning. Um, a generation ago, I did this, um, and I was the last one. My younger brother had already moved out, so I was the last one still at home after I graduated from school, and I was home for about a year, just like George has been, after graduation. And and my dad, God love him, um, my dad passed away about 20 years ago, but he did everything he could. John, why don't you buy a car? Let's buy a new car. Let's. Uh, that was the Firebird, uh-huh. you remember. Uh, so I actually did that. Um, that bought him a few months, but he wanted me there. I could tell he Aww. wasn't ready for the empty nest thing. Yeah. Um, and eventually I just, you know, my mom was great, and she said, you know, um, you know, kind of, Walt, it's time for John to go, you know. Yeah. Um, Julie and I have kind of been slowly working toward this June 1st date and on occasion talking about it and – We've both we've both cried about it. If I'm being honest, I don't mm-hmm. know if George, you're listening, but we're ver- very happy for you. We're <laughs> thrilled. It's time for adulting, and we know this is going to be amazing. And we know we're going to see you at least once or twice again. Um, don't but, let the tears fool you. No, right, exactly. But but mostly, it's like he is a 23 year old man. We are in the suburbs. There's nothing going on for him here. Yeah, it's time for him to to do this thing. And now, and we kind of work hard. To get excited about the next thing. So four years ago, five years ago, George went off to college. And I remember we both felt like, oh, God, here we go. He's going to be gone all the time. Yeah. The weird thing. One thing I tell parents all, all the time. It's daunting. It's daunting. And yet 
about four or five weeks later, there's some kind of parents weekend or a fall break thing. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, well, that wasn't anything. They're back now. You know, yeah. like, um, so, so George is moving out. He's moving into the city. This is different though. This is like, He's moving his stuff, like you yeah. know, like the, all the stuff is probably going to go, you right. know. So it's like he's going to have his own household that he's paying the bills on, and you know, like so he's truly an adult, and we're really proud of him and excited for him. And he has this life in the city already. He's just stepping into it fully. Yeah. So mostly, we're really excited about it. But like everything we talk about, there's this ambivalence. There's this like yin and yang thing where it's like we're super excited, and we're super sad in a way because it's like. Because we were looking at pictures the other day of him at like four and five and nine. And, you know, it's like, oh, God, our baby. This is our guy, you know. And it's always been the three of us. The three of us are the musketeers. We've traveled together. We watch everything together. We go to baseball games together. We've had a life, you know. And it's been amazing. Um, So it's going to shapeshift from here. Yeah. And we don't know what that's going to look like. You know, I suspect it's going to be amazing. But this week... I imagine we're all, all three of us, a little on edge. Yeah. You can probably hear it in my voice. I've had some coffee, but not, <laughs> not enough to merit all this jabber. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's a common question for for couples. I've certainly had couples email me, not couples, but one half of a couple email me about this. I just got a book sent to me at work about this. Like, what does, you know, what shape does a marriage take when the kids you know, are out of the house for good, not for college, not coming home every few weeks, not coming home at the holidays, like gone. And, you know, it does, it, it just, it's different. Oh, for sure. It's different. I mean, and Julie and I know it's going to be different and we comfort ourselves with, I'll cover, I comfort myself with at least. And I think Julie does with the idea that we've managed these iterations so far and we found the new thing. Like Julie found art yeah. By and large, when George went back to school, a okay. little bit before that, but she became an artist and and um, and then we kind of built a podcast. And now, you know, we find ourselves. It's probably no mistake, although I think it might have been subconscious as I sit here now that we have a book coming out later this summer. You know, kind of like this is going to be a grand distraction, right? Because I'm going to be talking about the book, and I'm going to make you interview me about the book at some point. I just done. realized. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so. I think both of us, you know, Julie's like, I'm going to put another art show together in the next few months. And I'm like, yeah, yeah go do that. And, you know, yeah. I think we're looking for our distractions and our next thing. Yep. You know, so we're talking about like, OK, we need we need next steps. And Julie has this great line now where it's like, maybe nothing should be off the table. Now, mm. you know, we maybe we don't need this house anymore. Maybe we can move back into the city. Maybe we can move to a different city. We don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? Yep. Well, and I mean. You will know this better than I do because you counsel couples. But isn't there a lot of wisdom in um, finding something? I mean, for you guys, you're writing a book and you do a podcast together. But isn't there some wisdom in finding something that you do together, right? Like a pre- like we're going to read all the classics or we're going to train for a marathon yeah. or we're going to learn a new language or something that like a new endeavor that, you know, the effort you used to hopefully partner on yeah. for your kid, you're still partners in something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's really important for couples is you can't have completely separate lives for 23 years and then expect like, okay, now we're going to be a team. So we've worked a lot, probably especially in the last five years, um, toward teamwork, you mm-hmm. know, like, so, um, with Julie's art show, like I, I didn't create a single piece of art, but I did help hang it and I yeah. did help prepare it and, and plan it, um, for this book I'm finishing 
Julie and I have spent the last hundred hours. I mean, like literally wow. the whole Memorial Day weekend editing, and it was a grind. Sometimes I was on a couch and she was reading and I wasn't paying attention and vice versa. And eventually I think we came up with something that was pretty good. And yeah. we felt like, okay, that was a good collaborative process. Like this, this has worked out. Um, and we do these open mics and every once in a while we get a guitar out and we try to sing something together. And so, um, I think that's really important. If you're complete strangers coming into this moment, yep. Which I think my parents were, if I'm being honest. Yeah. That's daunting. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. We talked about this the week we were talking about the marriageology book, right? Oh, right, right. Yeah. Why, yeah. you know, why couples do fare better when they sort of stay connected through the kid years. Yeah. yeah. And you can you can lead different lives by and large, but I think you have to meet somewhere at the end of the day and have something in common or some common goals that you want to work toward. Um, whether that's retirement, which it is not for us, but it is for a lot of people and, Mm -hmm. you know, travel or something like that. Um, But we're working on like, you know, what interests do we have in common? How can we parlay that into the next thing? Yeah. And we've decided we don't want to know the end of the story. I think a lot, I I think that keeps us younger Mm. is like not knowing how our stories end, but always keeping that door open. Yeah, Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's good. Okay. Wow. Well, good luck but to pray him. Pray for us and, June 1st, yeah. man. <laughs> We're going to need that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. No, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, and how I, fun to, like, go to his place for the first time and uh, then he makes dinner and there you are. It's going to be great. And... We're, 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 oh. there, there's going to be a whole bunch of things to look forward to that we can't even anticipate yet. And, and it's kind of one cool thing. And I'm going on the assumption that George is not listening to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one cool thing is to see your kid adult or kind of grow up an adult and take things over. Um, I'm excited for you about this, Heidi. George went um, and studied in Ireland for a semester and we went and visited about two thirds of the way through. And as opposed to us planning the trip and putting everything together, once we got there, George was like, okay, at 7.30, we have this reservation down at Temple Bar. I want us to get down there, you know, like, and and trust me, we're going to, we're going to walk because public transport. And we're like, oh, he he's knows. in charge. He's, he's a guy. Yeah. He's, he's a full-fledged guy, and he's right. in charge, and he knows. Yeah. And that was cool for us because we it, 80 times Julie and I caught each other's eye, and we're like, wow. Yeah. Like, look at this. this he's doing the whole thing. Yeah. This is what we were hoping for. It's awesome. So there's some pretty cool things woven into the honest grief. Like, honestly, yeah. the, the, there is this grieving period. Sure. And, um, and I don't want to diminish that, you yeah. know, because um, we're going through it for sure. Yeah. Um, I would imagine next week is going to be a, you know, tick tock, yep. you know, quiet week in the Duffy house where yeah. we're like, okay, is this going to work out? Yeah. Are you okay here? <laughs> you want to edit another chapter in my book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I thought of something new. Let's get to the studio or something and let's record or edit right. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to go to June's house when she's an adult and spill my iced coffee and not clean it up and then drop some ice cubes on the floor and not clean those up either. Just walk away and then, casually. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll feel like we have come full circle. Yeah. And then I'll ask her to run a 5K with me. <laughs> <laughs> the 5K thing is yeah. gold. By the way, I love that. I love it too. Yeah. I love it too. She did Girls on the Run in I don't know third grade or one of those young grades, and they did a 5K. And this was my I was like, oh, she's gonna be in running. This is gonna be a thing we do together. And of course, you get to ask someone to run it with you. And I was, you know, just sort of like making myself available and <laughs> you know, odd moments where she might want to ask. And then oh really? She said, um, I'm gonna ask Dad to run the 5K with me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> 
That's a great idea. I'll call him. <laughs> Fabulous. That's so great. So sweet. I love that you thought of Dad. <laughs> 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 oh man, the pathos uh, of parenting, right? Oh, that's rough. Um, so now this is, you know, however many years later, four or five years later, we're gonna do the now you're hot in the chocolate. Five and all I had to do was ignore all the dishes and the chaos and the spills, and it's a hundred percent worth it. Yeah, yeah. Fine payoff, right? Totally. Yeah. After school, do we do it differently? Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I think so. I can't just surrender any authority, no. right? No, or right. raise them into tiny monsters. Right. I mean, you know, they have to be able to actually carry dishes to the sink at yeah, the very least. Yeah, there's a lot to do. Yeah, but I do think it does need to be in the morning. I agree. I mean, I do. And, and also, like, I could leave my house a mess in the morning, right? Like, I mean. Of course. <laughs> do I have your permission? Of course. We, I, think <laughs> I don't know most, why I said right. How many of us but, don't leave our houses a mess in the morning? Right. Mine often looks like a band of marauders came through. <laughs> like, you would come home and be like, shit, we were robbed. Oh, no. That was just how we left it. It's a, it's a mess. But, you know, that, that pressure that, like, you know, the dishes need to be in a certain place by 7.15 a.m. I don't know. Do they? Undoubtedly not. They right? really does, don't. The, does the room need to be cleaned? Does the bed need to be made? Does the kitchen need to be perfect? No. Yeah. Nobody's going to be here for a few hours. Nobody's right? going to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone breaks in, right. well, maybe they'll turn around and, and leave because they'll be scared away. Right. Good yeah. point. Right. <laughs> All the ice on the Another floor. Another bonus. <laughs> and that probably wasn't true a generation ago. You know, our house was immaculate all the time. Yeah. But- I think we paid a price for, you know, like this kind of quiet stoicism that was pointless as well. Yeah. It was joyless yep. a lot of times. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather have joy than tidy kitchen. It's a pretty good metric, isn't it? Yeah. 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 If you tend toward joy, things are going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. This has been pretty good. I, I have no idea what we talked about exactly. <laughs> I, I know we talked about razors. <laughs> razors came up. Rick Morrissey came up a handful more of- More than once. More than I expected. I'm going to be honest. Something tells me there's going to be a bump in Sun Times circulation. This is going to be on us. <laughs> um, so yeah, razors and Rick Morrissey, and I don't, it's all a blur. Be it's a, right. Yeah. But uh, enjoy. <laughs> uh, this is On Purpose. We'll talk to you next time.